Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It's show number 11 for the Tuesday edition. Chris Vaccaro is here. Nando, what is going on, my friend? Uh, five weeks in the book, and uh, we got our eyes on week six already. Well, except for you, who well, I just want you... We don't. We don't, actually. You're right. Let me correct, let me correct myself, because I forgot. We have a Tuesday game, a very odd uh, odd scenario, but for the first time in a long time, we have a, a Tuesday night game. Can you remember, Nando, uh, the last time there was a Tuesday game and who played in it? Yeah, sure, that was uh, 1987. It was the Bears and the Packers. Yes, you are completely wrong on all accounts. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't. Enlighten us. Yeah, what? Uh, what it did was, you read on Wikipedia this morning? No, no. I, I, the reason why, when I was thinking about it this morning, I was like, wow, the last time there was a Tuesday game, it was the last fantasy game of the season. It was pretty much championship week of week 16. From what I remember, I didn't look this up, but I'm just going off what I remember. It was the Eagles and it was the Vikings, I believe, in Philadelphia, the game was. And it was uh, a week 16 championship week, so people's championship games pretty much came down to that. Why was it on a Tuesday? Uh, a snowstorm, I believe it was, and uh, it got pushed back to the to a Tuesday, which that was the last time. Very odd. And obviously, because you're Chris Vaccaro, you won whatever championship game that was, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, yeah. obviously. Uh, by the way, a uh, quick programming note and friendship note and a bunch of notes. Um, as you may have suspected uh, from you know reading the site or being around, or I don't know if, if people who listen to this are actually subscribed to the site. Um, if you're not, theathletic.com slash fantasy football pod. That'll get you a very special discount. I think it's pod. It might be pods. Whatever. If pod doesn't work, go to pods. Anyway, um, Emery Hunt has, uh, man, has been, he's big time now, man. He's, he's, he's gone to CBS. He hasn't made a big deal out of it, but he's just been posting a bunch of, I'm asking him like, when are you going to announce this for real? He's like, well, I kind of said a couple things. I'm like, no, you didn't, man. Cause people are still asking, but, uh, Emery Hunt is now with CBS and going to be on TV and screens all over the place. Second screen experience, CBS HQ, CBS Sports Network. He's, he's huge, man. And we saw it all coming. And uh, it's, I mean, it's great for him. And we're all very happy because we're friends. Um, you know, and, and we're doubly blessed because Chris Vaccaro has agreed to take over the Tuesday spot. Um, on the writing side, Brandon Howard's going to be taking over for Emory. And he comes actually very highly recommended from Emory. And he wrote for us before. Uh, he's a great dude. So Emory Hunt, uh, replaced by two people. One of them, a Hall of Famer, Chris Vaccaro. Yeah, shout out to Emery. Congrats on that. And uh, yeah, he's going to do big things. Anyway, so congratulations, Emery. We love you. We love him. You can keep following him at, uh, I think, F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter and at CBS and stuff. But we're bringing in a couple guys who are awesome. So hopefully you still enjoy. Uh, speaking of which, Chris Vaccaro, uh, high stakes Hall of Famer. One of the greatest guys I know. Um, yeah, I've been, you know honored to be friends um we had a bit of a tiff about the rundown today and i think this is going to be fun you wanted to talk about justin herbert and i'm like you know what man like everybody already has him and they're already starting him but you know you're the guy who is really really good at this game so let's talk justin herbert off the top i mean listen i I just brought it up i was just super impressed uh about what i saw and i'm i'm a guy that um I wasn't high on Herbert coming out of college, coming out of Oregon, and I thought he'd struggle adjusting to the NFL game, you know, in Oregon. 
uh, you know, it's it's a gimmick offense. You know, quick pace. Uh, he's he's looking to the sideline uh, for his plays. He's not under center. There's a lot of adjusting that goes on if you're an Oregon quarterback to come into the NFL and right away. And I thought that his rookie year would be a wash with Tyrod Taylor. What happened to Tyrod Taylor is just, you know, terrible. Terrible luck for that guy. You know, a team doctor gives him a needle and it takes his basically starting job away from him. So, uh, but in terms of Herbert, my God, uh, I'm totally wrong on him. He can start in fantasy leagues right now for you. He's got the weapons. As long as Keenan Allen's back issue that, uh, you know, knocked him out of the game last night, uh, as long as Keenan Allen is in the lineup for him and uh, Mike Williams put on a show last night, he's got weapons along with Hunter Henry. Uh, Herbert's got a big arm. He looks like he's got control of the offense. There's going to be some bad interceptions. There's going to be some growing pains. But you know what? You could do a lot worse in today's fantasy football than starting Justin Herbert. Uh, so just one of those things. You know, I, I know you say that he's owned by everywhere. But, mm, you know, he probably is mostly owned in leagues. But if he's available right now, you should go out and grab him and put him on your team. And uh, I, I think you'll be real happy the rest of the season with him. All right, let me frame this with another guy you wanted to talk about. Uh, would he be a guy you picked up before Andy Dalton? Uh, that's that's pretty good. Uh, that's a good one. I, I just love Dallas's weapons. And even though I think that the Dallas Cowboys will go to a more, you know, run-heavy approach with Zeke because they, the they have the big back there. Uh, that offensive line is falling apart, though, so they might, you know, they— they might not be able to rely on that run game all, all the time and, you know, add that with their god-awful defense. Dalton's going to have to throw. So I'd still go with Andy Dalton, especially if you're the DAC owner. Uh, I'd pick up Dalton first, but Herbert is definitely a QB ad as well. You have some nice options on the on the QB, uh, you know, waiver wire this week. Well, let's do, like, like so if you have, uh, say you want to be a one QB kind of guy or girl. Um, would you, let's say you have Drew Brees, dump. Let's, so dump Drew Brees. Uh, how about Matt Ryan? Uh, no, Matt, Matt Ryan. I've gotten a lot of questions these last couple of days and a lot of disgusted text messages about Matt Ryan because I was in on Matt Ryan. Um, I still think Matt Ryan needs Julio, you know, for this offense. He's another quarterback that's in a great position this week, this uh, year going forward. He's got probably a bottom two defense. He's going to be in shootouts, and he's got a solid offensive line that, that he can stand behind uh, and the weapons. So Matt Ryan is still a keep for me. Let me back up on Drew Brees a little bit. I, I, I've been so down on Drew Brees this first half of the season, and I, and, and I think I tweeted it out last night. I have zero shares of Drew Brees, and I think— and I said the main reason why was I'm just so disgusted, and you have to be if you're a Drew Brees owner, when you know Taysom Hill comes in on the five-yard line multiple times last night, that was the number one reason after watching so much Saints games last year that I was completely out. There's no way I'm going into a game with Drew Brees as my fantasy quarterback to have him come out inside the 10-yard line because Sean Payton wants to play his little gimmicks uh, with, with Taysom Hill. And it happened again last night. Uh, absolutely not with Drew Brees, but he does get Michael Thomas back after the bye. So, you know, Brees isn't completely droppable. You know, he'll, he'll still have his moments. 
let me ask you this in, in the context of you hear a couple of things I want to talk about selfishly, but I think a lot of people need to hear like <laughs> it's your look, show, buddy. It's your show. No, no, no. This is our show. Yeah. Uh, and Beller too. Who's yeah, Beller in the background, the one and twos. This is all of our show. This is everybody's show. Shout out to Beller doing a great job behind the scenes. Um, yeah, he, I heard he spent some time with you yesterday. To, we to bonded. How to use, yes, we bonded to yesterday. save a file. We mostly talked bad about you, you know. Um, he told me. Yeah. yeah. He said, here's the recording that we made. Oh, God, you heard that? That's terrible. Yeah, I didn't yeah, mean to yeah. say that about you. But go ahead. Anyway, Chase, Chase Claypool and uh, Travis Fulgham. you got to assume those are going to be the, the one of the two on the waiver wire this week. But... Um, what would it take for you to have to have to have a Herbert uh, leapfrog them? Well, let me put it this way, actually. If you're like number six or seven on the waiver wire, or if you've used a lot of your fab on like Devontae Freeman, who we're going to talk about a little bit, um, do you even bother? Do you put like, say you got $31 left, do you try and put like 18 on Fulgham and just hope no one's paying attention? Or do you say, screw it, let me just put like, $11 on Herbert and hope I get him instead and not uh, even mess with you, you get, You're going all over the place. You're doing a Nando here all over the place. But let me oh, say yeah? this. Let me say this. With Fulgham and Claypool, it's kind of fool's gold to me. Okay? Now, there might be some people that are, you know, wide receiver desperate right now on the waiver wire, and they're going to see those two big games this Sunday. They're going to go all in on them with their fab money. You're going to see huge bids in the high-stakes market on both of these guys. If I was to make a preference it would be Fulgham over clay uh it would be Fulgham over claypool just because there's a bigger window for Fulgham to keep this up i believe now you still got to remember dallas goddard's going to be coming back real soon so is deshaun jackson and Fulgham could be an afterthought three four I mean, weeks from now deshaun jackson yeah hey listen you know i know what you're saying he's always a disappointment and he probably gets on the field and Pulls a hammy in the first quarter that he's back. But we're talking options here. It's not like Fulgham, you know, is, uh, you know, going to be 100% of the snaps going forward. Uh, you have to believe. I don't Why not? I, he could be. Listen, he could be. He could He could have won that job and, you know, solidified himself as an, as an every down receiver. That's why I'm preferencing, you know, Fulgham over Chase Claypool. Just because there's Deontay Johnson, there's Juju, um, Claypool isn't going to start over these guys. So, And even Tomlin said after the game the other day, like, hey, it was just his day. The matchup was perfect. We took advantage of you know the mismatch here. So people are going to run to the box score. They're going to see the, the huge game. They're going to think, oh, this is the huge breakout. This isn't the Justin Jefferson situation, in my opinion. It's not. Justin Jefferson is an every down receiver for the Vikings. He's the, you know, he, he's the 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 one B to, to Thielen, and he's gonna produce every week. Claypool, you're gonna see a lot of, you know, one for twenties, you know, going forward. So it's Fulgham over Claypool for me. Um, would you even bother putting a bit if, if let's say you like your team and you kind of like like the end, you know, the perfect guy would have been like Nicole Hardman, but he's actually like super valuable now. But like, let's say there's a guy you like who's speculative, who's like your 13th guy on your roster. Um, this is one of those situations, right? I think what you're saying is, don't even bother with Claypool. Like, don't drop uh, Devontae Booker, who might be your Josh Jacobs handcuff, for Chase Claypool just because you feel like you have to. 
Right, one of those situations? It's all context, Nando. It's all, you know, roster construction. You know, if you have that one scrub at the end of your bench and you're the seventh guy on the waiver wire, yeah, you know, you put in your, your be honest bids, I call them, just to see if, hey, six guys are sleeping on the waiver wire and you get Claypool at seven or Fulgham or, you know. Yeah, you do you do that. But in terms of, uh, you know, your waiver wire bids, uh, you know, leagues where you have to bid money, I wouldn't be, you know, blowing the, the, the whole uh, wallet this week on these guys because I just don't see, you know, the, the every week big production that they just had this past week. Uh, can I read you something about Travis Fulgham uh, that Bill Wolf wrote in his column, which is pretty amazing, I thought? Sure. I, just, I know you don't like literature stuff, so. According to NFL's next-gen stats, 37.1% of Wentz's passes Sunday were thrown into tight coverage, defined as when there was a defender within one yard or less of the receiver at the time of completion or incompletion. That mark led the league in Week 5 and comes after a four-game stretch in which Wentz's percentage of tight window throws were, in chronological order, 14.3, 11.6, 19.1, and 7.1. It was if Wentz had just been waiting for a receiver he could trust, who knew it would be Fulgham, the 25-year-old globe-trotting journeyman? Wow. How about that? Does, I mean, does that... This is one of those this? things in the industry that I just think was, like, useless stats. Really? You don't yeah, think, like, he's, nah, there's so he, many, he trusts the guy now. There's so many useless stats out there. Yeah, but you know what? I, I agree. I thought That's why I thought this one was interesting. Okay. It, it, you know, it, it was more interesting than a lot of the other things that I hear in, in today's fantasy football industry. But, um, you know, hey, listen, he m- might have a, a good rapport with him. Or it could have just been a one-week wonder. Like, you know, where did Greg Ward... Uh, go, you know, everybody thought he would be the top guy uh, for Wentz. And never mind, we forgot all about Zach Ertz here. What is going on in Philadelphia with Zach Ertz when Goddard went out of the lineup and then they lost all their receivers? Everybody just was saying, all right, Zach Ertz is going to be a top three tight end for the next month without Goddard. He's got five catches over the last three weeks. He's completely disappeared. And uh, it just goes to... I think solidify my thought that, and, you know, they haven't paid Ertz either. This is Ertz's last year in Philadelphia. They're turning this offense over to Goddard. And for all you people out there that have seen Dallas Goddard on waivers, um, I don't know how far off he is, you know, with the uh, the chip bone in his ankle, but it's been a couple weeks now, and they said he'd be out two, three weeks. He should be returning in a week or two. Uh, if he's on your wire and people wanted to drop him and I see him available in a lot of my leagues, I'd be stashing him this week, especially with the way the tight end market is drying up again. You know, we went into this season in fantasy saying, oh, you know, fool's gold again, that tight end position is very, very deep. And now we're five weeks in and all of a sudden it's garbage again. Bust and injuries, uh, you know, the tight end market is shallow. I tweeted out on Sunday watching the games like, what tight end did well today? And there wasn't any. I mean, Travis Kelsey's a stud, and he blew up and had a huge game. Mark Andrews got in the end zone. These are the top guys. And Waller had a decent game. I think it was 15, 16 fantasy points in PPR. He was the third uh, tight end at the position for the day. Everybody else was like under 10 points. Like, you could just go to the waiver wire and pick up any scrub to get you like six, seven points. And he's like a back-end tight end one for uh, week five. So you're going to need somebody and Dallas Goddard just might be that guy. Let me ask you this. Uh, Cause we, I, I put him down lower in the, uh, in the rundown, but I can bring him up now. Austin, Austin Hooper uh, had 10 targets this week. Um, he's got, I think 17 in the last 
two weeks, 10 catches for 91 yards. He's got a touchdown in there. Um, by all accounts, I mean, he's playing about 80% of the snaps if you take an average of everything. By all accounts, uh, and David Joku's back. But by all accounts, like, that's bad. Like, I, I expected, I mean, I guess the 17 targets are good coming off weeks of 2-4-4. Four, four. Oh, well, he was, three, he was a zero. Though. Yeah, he was a zero. Like, uh, you know, the first couple weeks, he, you know, he's dropsville after everybody was dropping Austin Hooper after two, three right. weeks. Um, but but what now? I mean, well, like, everybody he's, he's... fell in love with Hooper in draft season because, you know, oh, he spent uh, two weeks at Baker Mayfield's house and the chemistry and he gave him the big money and everything like that. But he's another one of these guys where I think he got caught up in the, uh, you know, no off season, no, you know, uh, no spring camp to learn his uh, coaches, uh, you know, the new coaching, the new system, the new everything, you know, so he's a little behind. So he's one of these guys that I would stash and see maybe he's starting to come around now in this offense. Same thing with Evan Ingram in in New York here. Uh, You know, he's done nothing. He's been a bust the first couple weeks. Sure, he scored a touchdown, but maybe he's just adjusting to Jason Garrett and the new, you know, system. Uh, and, and learning everything, and it's going to take a while, and it's going to be a slow. We expected this with a lot of guys, you know. But ever, but ever, I mean, people are scoring points, you know. Like the Browns seem to be okay in the Stefanski. Everyone, yeah, well, everyone else is Stefanski is running trick plays. You know, Odell Beckham's catching passes from Jarvis Landry. They, they're not having trouble adjusting to the Stefanski system. But Austin, who Austin Hooper is. I guess so. I, hey, listen, you never know what certain players adjust, but listen, Hooper got targeted. He had a decent game, and maybe we see that going forward. Now, you got to also remember in that game, Landry got banged up, okay? Um, right. Landry got banged up. He came back pretty quick, but he was out for a little little bit. Uh, he could have took advantage there. Maybe they need to rely on him more now. Maybe he's finally going to come, you know, maybe he's finally going to pay off. I read something uh, from Zach Jackson, our Browns writer, who said that, well, it was, it was, it was he was, you know, giving us the Stefanski quote, where Stefanski was saying, like, we just saw something that, you know, we, we could pass all over the Colts. Like, we saw these openings left and right, so we changed our game plan, basically. And it actually dropped them from the number one rushing offense to number two this game, but uh, overall in the NFL for the season. But, uh, you know, like, I don't know if they're going to just go right back to, you know, next game, we don't see it anymore. Uh, we're going to go back to running. And that's going to take away targets from Hooper. Well, it's a week-to-week game. Uh, you know, the NFL is a week-to-week game. Different strategies for, you know, different game plans for different uh, opponents. And uh, let's not forget the major thing here is Nick Chubb is out of this offense. So, you know, not saying that they're not going to be a run-heavy team, but uh, it seemed like they were throwing a lot more this past week. And even though Kareem Hunt got his touches and everything, uh, you know, with Chubb out of the offense, Maybe they go to a little bit more of a short passing game, and maybe Hooper is the benef- benefactor of that. I still like to Ernest Johnson, but hold that thought. Uh, a couple companies. He broke off Chris... a nice. He broke off a nice uh, run at the end of the game to uh, to end it. Pretty much, he's about a twenty-five yarder up the sideline, and uh, he looked good. He, he looked like you know he, he had good burst and everything, but. Um, yeah, you know, the, the the opportunities just aren't going to be there where you could trust him in your starting lineup, I don't think. You know, he was, he was pretty much a bust for the whole game. He was dropping like a one, one and a half points, and then he got that. He only scored four fantasy points for your team, but um, he's going to need more touches for, for him to be in starting lineups. All right, thank you for holding that thought. Um, come on. <laughs> hey, if you bring it up, I'm going to talk about it, buddy. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, friend. You know, it was really weird last night watching a Monday night football game and not and realizing this isn't the end of the week and, you know, like still seeing certain players in other lineups. Because, you know, like I'm scrambling around looking from league to league, trying to see like what's coming down to the end. That's like, you know, the Monday night routine when you're watching Monday night football, second half, like what games are close I have and you're jumping around and just realizing it's not the, you know, finality of the week. Very strange feeling. Just wanted to get that out there. Back to you, buddy. Thank you for sharing. Uh, well, hey, look, you know, since since you run the show, uh, would you like to talk about the Giants a little bit? Um, would you like to talk about Mike Davis? Do you want to talk about a couple buy lows like David Johnson and Darrell Henderson? Uh, Listen, let me uh, let me fall on the sword a little bit. Uh, you know, most of the fantasy industry agreed with me uh, weeks ago when everybody went to the waiver wire uh, for all the Saquon Barkley uh, owners and uh, ran and uh, jumped on Devontae Freeman and dropped a lot of big money on him. And a lot of people laughed at that and said, are you serious? Like, you know how washed up this guy is? And I was one of them because I saw it the last couple of years in Atlanta and I was out on him in, in Atlanta. And I guess I was kind of right, Nando, because he was out of football, you know, coming into the season. And he made and he made a lot of visits and didn't end up anywhere. Exactly. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I thought that was saying pretty much the same thing. Like, okay, we saw you and now we know why you're not in the league. But I was... Pretty impressed, uh, you know, in this game versus Dallas. You know, he's got a little burst still. Uh, they seem to have not, they're not fooling around. There's not like a lot of Deion Lewis and Wayne Goldman. It's Freeman's out there. Uh, he can still catch the ball, you know, a bunch of screens for him. And uh, maybe Garrett is just looking at this like, hey, listen, you know, he's no Saquon Barkley by any means, but we're not going to completely change the offense where we don't have a running back back there that, uh, you know, we, we don't give the ball to. And Freeman got enough touches, and I'm just saying this. I'm not saying Freeman is a you know a league winner. I'm just saying with the running back market also all beat up, and there's really no good fantasy, not that many good fantasy running backs out there. Freeman's a decent RB2 right now in fantasy. I don't think you're being enthusiastic enough about him, actually. I, I can't get enthusiastic for a guy that was just out of the league three weeks ago. I, I mean, I... I I don't know if my eyes are playing tricks on me when I. Yeah, but sit. everybody was out of the league three weeks. You know what I mean? Like no one had a pre. You know, like he's. I'm sure he stayed in shape. No, no, no. I mean, like he was out of the league. But I mean, well, all right, fine. But I, he's, he's 17 for 60, is good. Uh, you know, he, he's gotten targeted. Let's not talk about the 60. Like you're getting 17 touches right there. Right. That's cat. And what was it? How many catches did he have? Two on. Th- so last. Last over the last two weeks, seven targets, six receptions. So he's catching everything they're throwing at. I mean, that's an RB two in today's fantasy right now. The way the that's market. That's a borderline RB one, maybe. Mm, uh, no. Before before these guys come back, before McCaffrey comes back, and a couple of these other ones jamming up the you know the top twelve spots. I'm not gonna get crazy like you, Nando, and call him an RB one because that's just not the or, case. But or, I'm or. saying he's in your starting lineup. He's in a lot of people's starting lineups. I mean, I know he, he got I I got. 
you know, a bunch of matchups this week where I was playing up against him. And as I'm looking at, you know, the opponent's lineup, I'm like, oh, good, he's playing Freeman. And then at the end of the day, I think it was 19 fantasy points. And I was like, wow, really? You know, that happened quick. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, uh, I wish you could see the play-by-play on here. But, I, like, I would like to know, like, going forward, you're talking about a guy 17 six, See, I'm using your argument against you inadvertently. Is that a guy who's been out of the league and who's got to ramp up a little bit? Seventeen for sixty and a touchdown, and then three two twenty seven, and I, what do we add? Like twenty percent? Say you know by week seven, week eight, he's twenty percent better in those numbers. Um, You're not guaranteed. Could go the other way. Could be fading. Could have just you know like the time off has made him fresh, and now he's going to start to fade. You know. And, and don't forget, he's also, I mean, I could say this about any player, really, but, you know, with his concussion passed, he's one shot away from not seeing him anymore. Yeah, that part sucks. But we'll yeah, see. I'm just right. saying, I brought it up just because he's one of those guys that just stood out to me this past week at the running back position. And, um, you know, you could do worse than him as an RB2. Not that you could go to the white wire anymore, I doubt, because uh, he's owned, uh, you know, everywhere. But right. I tell you, I love, you know what? I know... Let's talk about another thing that I want to talk about, Nando, while we're on the topic. The Giants? <laughs> the Giants uh, Giants are in trouble. And, and I'm a Giant fan, and I hope they lose the next 11 straight. Oh, you don't, You sound like uh, Adam Azer. You go rooting for... I, I was so happy the other day when they lost um, that game. Because let's just... I can't stand... I think Daniel well, Jones you, stinks. I really oh, do. Right. I, I think Daniel Jones stinks. I want Trevor Lawrence um, from Clemson. And uh, we're 11 games away from getting it, I think. That's not going to happen, man. Remember the Dolphins tried this last year, and then they went on like Why not? Six, to their, six to eight or something like that? Why not? Who's their competition? The Jets in Atlanta. I mean, that's uh, who else is in the running right now? I mean, they can legit go 2-14. and 14. I think the Jets will, you know, I, I was just about to say, I think the Jets could get a couple wins. I don't know. It's going to be bad. Uh, you know, the Jets have talent, though. Like, the Giants seem so out of sync. The Jets at least, I mean, hey, they're practicing well. And, uh, you know, what are you there? What? How do you know they're practicing? Well, because that's what that's. Didn't you read the Adam Gase quote that everyone's making fun of? Like, you should see us in practice. That guy's a clown, first off. And that All team right. has less talent than the Giants. I don't think they do, man. I mean, you go. It's going to be interesting. Tail, tail the tape. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, what happens if the Jets and Giants are the, those top two teams and what they're going to do with their young quarterbacks with Darnold and Daniel Jones? Who would you rather have Darnold or Daniel Jones? Oh, Darnold by a mile. Would you rather have Le'Veon Bell or Devontae Freeman? Like what, for this season? Yeah, right now. I, you know what? I, Bell, just okay, because the guaranteed touches. Jamison Crowder or Golden Tate? Crowder. All right, so the Jets do have more talent than the Jets. <laughs> yeah, it's just bring up three players. Keep going? <laughs> Go Chris Evan Herndon Ingram or Chris Herndon. Yeah. <laughs> Evan Ingram. Aldrick Rojas? Yeah. <laughs> Who's not even on the Giants? I've gotten into too many leagues without kickers. By the way, plus, great kicker this year. Graham Gano was banging 50-yard field goals all day Sunday. Like He gave yeah, like, right. a decent amount of points. Not that we're going to go down the kicker uh, stairwell. But listen, well, another is, listen. Hey, just, look, this is, your, this is your show. You, if you want to talk about kickers, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad like 20 minutes in you've acknowledged that it's now my show and not yours anymore. So I've just taken it over. So I'm glad that we've established this very early in the season. So now we can have fun the next 10 weeks. Anyway, <laughs> I love you, buddy. I'm just joking. Uh, in, in pertaining to the Giants, don't forget people out there, because I see it on my waiver wire. A lot of people got rid of them. 
another guy, just like Dallas Goddard we talked about earlier. Sterling Shepard was put on IR. If you need wide receiver help, that could be another guy. You know, I think it was turf toe that he went out with that he, they put him on IR. But you could look up in about two weeks, and Sterling Shepard might be back for the Giants. So just take a peek down at your waiver wire and, and see if he's available. He might be a nice little ad right now that you could put on your team. You really? But I mean, that's it. Like that offense to me looks broken. Oh, it is. It's not good so, right what's now. The point? But you what's know, what's he gonna do? Five for fifty-five. Thanks. Uh, or he could come back and be the number one. He's better than Darius Slayton. No, he's but not. Carol, what do you? He's you not know, better than Slayton. No, you're right. Slayton. Slayton's legit, and uh, he's the number one. Slayton or Jamison Crowder? That's a good one because I, Crowder Crowder's a target monster. So they're both very valuable. Both very solid wide receiver threes for your fantasy team. It's very, very close, those two. Let me ask you, well, I got two questions I want to get to. Uh, one's coming up. It's going to be about Mike Davis and his value in three weeks. But the first one I want to get is Devin Singletary. And this is a weird one. It's I was uh, perusing eBay, uh, trying to buy a bunch of Dwayne Haskins rookie cards, which have plummeted. Oh, but my God. Devin Singletary. Dwayne Haskins uh, rookie cards you're buying? What are you, for what, three cents? Trust me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they've gotten very cheap. What kind of um, investments are these? Buy, like, a stock long or something. Term. All right. I don't have your kind of money. I can't just start with a $120 card. i got to go 7 bucks at a time. Um, Devin Singletary's were cheap. And I'm like, that's weird. And I just get the... It was kind of like an overall feeling. Like, people like Zach Moss, they're kind of down on Devin Singletary, right? Devin Singletary, uh, his, just going off... His rookie cards were cheap. Cheaper than I thought. Is this, like... Are people down on him? Like, I just want to know your thoughts on Devin Singletary because, I like, last year, everyone loved him. He's the greatest thing ever. Devin Singletary, look out. He's going to take that job. And uh, now it's kind of like, well, Zach Moss is awesome and Devin Singletary sucks. Um, is that true? And where are you on Devin Singletary? And, you know, maybe he's someone to trade for right now because people aren't giving him his due. Is this kind of dynamic back who can catch passes in a PPR league? Uh, that's, he's a tough one to read, honestly, um, just because of Zach Moss being there. Now, Moss was out, you know, the last game, and, and Singletary took over. But going forward, it's going to be one of those one-two punches, I think. It's not going to be one of those backfields where it's an 80-20, and it's going to be a 55-45 split, and it's and it's tough. You're going to have to pick the right weeks to put Singletary in your lineup and do i think he's talented yeah i do um but can you get stuck with a putting him in your lineup when moss is healthy and also there and get stuck with a seven point game you're gonna see that a lot and he's allergic to the end zone even though he finally got in the last time um he's you know he's not a big time touchdown scorer it's gonna be moss probably inside the five and ten uh when they're down low uh josh allen runs a ton in and this this offense became pretty high, you know, volume passing with Josh Allen and Diggs now in, in it. Uh, they got weapons. I love the Bills. I like watching. I I was always one of those guys that just hated watching the Buffalo Bills for the last, like, 10 years, it seems. Yeah. But this team is, like, a fun team to watch. You know, I've watched a ton of Buffalo Bills games so far this year, uh, mostly because I'm a Josh Allen owner. Uh, it's a fun game. It's a fun team. It's a fun. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did Josh Allen come from? All you've been talking about all season is Dak and Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. How did you get? Yeah, no. And those are my quarterbacks on like 80% of my teams, but I do have three Josh Allen teams, two of them, big teams. Uh, and you know, I've been pleasantly surprised. I wasn't thrilled. It wasn't one of my guys, Josh Allen. It was one of those, 
you know, strategy-wise, Nando, if you missed out on my tier of Dak, Kyler Murray, and uh, Russell Wilson in that sixth, seventh round of, uh, you know, which was my plan all season, all preseason uh, in drafts, if I didn't get one of those guys, if I got if I got sniped on those three, well, now you have to go to your next tier. And Josh Allen and Matt Stafford after that were my next two guys that I that I wanted. So uh, I did land uh, Josh Allen in a couple of leagues, and I did not expect this. I, I will be totally honest. I'm not sitting here going, yeah, I was a Josh Allen owner, and uh, I told you, I told you. I'm not at all. So he's overachieved right now. He's a big-time quarterback, and I like this Bills offense. Wow. That's that's uh, beautiful. Uh, Henry Ruggs or Devin Singletary? Oh, God. My boy Henry Ruggs. For the for the person in the comment section two weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. I know you brought this up just because you wanted to get this out no, of me because I'm no, sure really you didn't. read it. Okay, well, the guy no, that me, went at me, me in why. the comment section and said, stop advising your readers to keep Henry Ruggs. That's ridiculous. Don't be that analyst. That's really stupid of you, blah, blah, blah. Like went in on me, okay, about keeping Henry Ruggs. Uh Joke's on you, pal, okay? Because you saw a little bit of what Henry Ruggs could do uh, this past week. When healthy, okay? See, what people forgot was week one when they came out versus Carolina, and he looked unbelievable in the first half, running all over the field wide open. And he was going to be that guy, and he is going forward. Him and Waller are this Vegas' offense in the pass game, okay? This Vegas offense is going to be really nice going forward. When they come out of the bye, and Henry Ruggs is 100% healthy, no one's going to be able to keep up with this speed. Uh, they're going to get him on deep balls a couple game, uh, a couple times a game, and uh, Henry Ruggs is going to be your wide receiver three on your fantasy team going forward. So uh, for the people that listened to me and held on to Henry Ruggs, which I thought was a ridiculous uh, thought to even drop him, um, there's a reason why they took him early first round. So uh, enjoy your Henry Ruggs shares. Rant over. All right, how about we talk a little Mike Davis? Um, I find him interesting. Be, just because, like, you know, are they going to completely, like, no. Okay, let me start over again. I don't know what they're going to do with him because he's been really good. You can't shut him out with Christian McCaffrey. And, like, we don't know what the coach's tendencies are is here. Like, we don't, we don't know, like, is, is Matt Rule, is he the kind of guy who's like, you've earned it, I'm going to give you 25% of the snaps and carries maybe still and keep Christian McCaffrey healthy? Or is he just going to be like, oh, so, you know, we're, we're a one-guy system. See you later. Thank you for your service. Like, how's that going to work? What's your take on this? Because Nando, I'm this sure is Mike a, Davis it's a great question. Trade throw in, right? It's it's a great question, um, and it's it's it really has me scratching my head because Mike Davis has been unbelievable, top three running back right now, like to have on a weekly basis. But it's coming to an end. And if you want to talk trading leagues and everything. If you are the guy that picked up Mike Davis and you don't have McCaffrey, you can hold, you know, the McCaffrey on a ransom right now, you know, for these next couple of weeks. Uh, Would you take Devin Singletary if you're the Mike Davis owner? Rosterer? GM? No, because I could get more, I think. You know, I think I could get more for him. Uh, you know, people are trying to survive on a week-to-week basis right now in fantasy. And <laughs> you're trading away an absolute stud. The guy's 25 fantasy points a game pretty much right now every week, catching the ball out of the backfield. Like, who knew? And and what? And your question is, what's going to happen? How is Carolina going to run this offense? How are they going to split this up when McCaffrey's back? Right. 
I am not in the coaching. I'm not going to pretend like I have any idea. Uh, I don't think any of us do. But Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. He's the man. He's one of, if not the best running back in football. It's not like you're going to be like, where's McCaffrey? He's out on this drive again. He's out on No, this is Christian McCaffrey's team. It's his backfield. The only thing I could tell you is they finally have a backup. You know, these last couple of years with McCaffrey, he was 99% of the snaps. That was one of the best things about owning McCaffrey besides him being God is he doesn't leave the field. There's no, you know, oh, this drive he's out. Um, You know, you might have to deal with that now. Mike Davis might get 10% of the snaps, 15% tops, I would think. But uh, I think he goes back to being, you know, not playable. Believe it or not, he goes from being your RB1. Well, I believe. I think everybody believes it. Yeah, I think everyone believes it. I think it's like, where is that value, though? And the value is the guy who has McCaffrey. I, I'd be looking to trade him desperately right now if I was, you know, if, if I'm the Mike Davis owner. Let me ask you this, Chris. Um, and this is related. So everyone is, like, fully accepting Mike Davis as, you know, maybe – just as good as Christian McCaffrey, right? Mike Davis is a dude who no one's ever heard of, who got let go by Chicago, um, goes into that role and is amazing. Why aren't they affording to Ernest Johnson the same kind of uh, thoughtfulness, I guess? And I know, like, I, I, I don't want to keep harping on to Ernest Johnson, but I just, I'm applying the same logic here. Like, to Ernest Johnson in the Nick Chubb role. That question, Nando, I don't know. I mean, well, to answer the first part of your question, I guess, you know, there's Kareem Hunt there. I mean, I, I don't, you know, Mike Davis doesn't have anybody to compete with right now. Yeah, but Nick Chubb had Kareem Hunt there too. Yeah, and and they played in tandem. Chubb, you know, was there out on the field, sixty-five percent of the. Actually, Chubb was out there more than you know more than people believe. You know, it was only really when uh, you know Hunt would get his one drive after like every two for for Chubb, and then when they were down in certain games early in the season, Hunt would come in. But Chubb was the lead guy. I mean, it was clear that Chubb was the man there. Uh, so I don't know how Dearness Johnson plays into the comparison with, with Mike Davis. You know, Mike Davis is McCaffrey's backup. McCaffrey's out. Mike Davis is, the you know, 99% of the snaps. He's He just took over the role. You know, if Kareem Hunt went down now, you know, Dearness Johnson would probably be that guy that takes over all the snaps. But, um, well, no, I think they would actually use, uh, what's his name? Dontrell Hilliard as, as Kareem Hunt, yeah. I mean, they could. They could, but, you know, uh, I, I guess we would have to wait and see. Yeah, wait and see. Stay tuned for the Kareem Hunt injury coming. Well, hey, listen, he's got a little bit of a groin issue still. And yeah. uh, you don't know. You don't know if uh, that pops up again. Speaking of which, I know you didn't want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, but I just wanted to throw this note in there that Kyle Shanahan is talking about this. Uh, I know he doesn't usually throw the ball that way. I think he was struggling a little bit because of his ankle. You could tell he was affected by his ankle. Um, that So, you know, we got inside injuries here. Virginia Zakis, and they're, they're writing two columns a week now because of so many injuries. Um, the one thing that I've learned from listening to Virginia and Dr. A and everybody at Inside Injuries is that this is, like, this is just asking for Jimmy Garoppolo to hurt his shoulder now. Like, if, when, you, when you hear, like, he doesn't usually throw the ball that way, and like Jimmy Garoppolo was talking a little bit about it in one of his quotes too about how he was adjusting. The second you do that, it's like your knees going, your shoulders going, your elbows going. Um, so I think this is going to be interesting going forward because they're at full strength. And this is kind of what I wanted to talk about before you made fun of it in the rundown. 
is they're at full strength. They basically have their entire offense back except for Tevin Coleman. Um, and it, it might, I mean, they might let Jimmy Garoppolo rest a little more. It, it seems like they were being smart about it, taking him out of halftime and being like, no, like you're going to tear up your shoulder because you're adjusting for this ankle. Um, does that does that downgrade Debo Samuel for you if it's going to be uh, Beathard quarterbacking? Uh, slightly, but you know the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. He rushed back. Uh, you know he's got a high he's got a high ankle sprain, and um, you know he tried to rush back. You know he's not like a running back or a running quarterback where he probably thought, all right, you know I can just deal with the pain. But what happened was just like you said. You know, it you know, one injury affects other things. So when I'm watching that game the other day, they said one of the things when you're a quarterback that you could tell you're dealing with a high ankle sprain is you start to overthrow everybody, which was really interesting. So that's one of the signs you could tell a quarterback is dealing with a high ankle sprain is you see his balls uh, float and, and overthrow. And that's all he was doing in that game in the first half. He was overthrowing everybody. Every, every pass was high. I guess maybe because as a quarterback, you can't plant as much as you want to. Um, so I think Jimmy Garoppolo, you don't see him this week uh, and maybe for a couple weeks until he's finally fully healthy. Uh, but that affects all these guys that people are so excited to get back. And, you know, Kittle came back, Debo Samuel's back, Raheem Mostert's back. And now it's kind of like, can we do it with, yeah, can we do it with Beathard? Listen, Beathard is is a is a he he could get he could get the team by, Beathard, and he's he's shown it in the past. So I think they go back to Beathard for a couple weeks. I think the offense will be fine. Is it Jimmy G at a hundred percent? No, uh, but with Debo back, Ayuk is healthy and he's you know going on all cylinders. It is a nice offense. What I was shocked about in that game, just like most people in the fantasy industry, is how they just threw Jarek McKinnon to the side like after seeing what Jarek McKinnon did uh the past couple of weeks with Mozart out you would have thought all right Mozart's back they'll ease him back in it'll be like a 50-50 type split no it was all Mostert again and they just turned the backfield right back over to him he looked very good um and McKinnon was you know barely found you know I think he played six snaps uh even Jeff Wilson got in a, a, a little bit so I don't know what you do as a Jarek McKinnon owner. I guess maybe you just had a nice two weeks there if you put him in your lineup those weeks. But I don't think he's playable right now if, after what I saw uh, this past week. But yeah, they have all the pieces around them, but Jimmy G needs to sit out a couple weeks. He can't, like, he can't rip something else up. That'd be bad for everybody. Right? What, who? Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, listen. Yeah, I'm just saying. I was just echoing what you were saying. I know. I know what you were saying. You were saying like he's gonna hurt his shoulder. Yeah, I yeah. guess one thing affects the other. But you know, so I mean, that's possible. But you know, his the whole the balls are floating. So that just shows that he's not on solid ground right now with his high ankle sprain. Last guy I want to talk about before we wrap this up. I want to sneak in one of my super deep guys because I know you hate talking about super deep guys. He's got 20 targets in the last two weeks, 10 receptions. For 104 yards, no touchdowns, but he's played basically all of the snaps. All but like three of his team's snaps. Um, 81 yards in week four, 23 yards in week five. His name is Jeff Smith. How about that, Vaccaro? Dude is getting targets upon targets upon targets upon targets. Yes, 
Put uh, if you have a thousand dollars of your fab budget left, put nine hundred and ninety-seven <laughs> on Jeff Smith. Yes. Yeah. You don't like his name. Yeah, Jeff. Smith. It's Jeff Smith. It doesn't sound that, that's like a, a problem, wide right? receiver. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Uh, no, sorry, can't buy it. Actually, Chris Hogan is going to miss some time now with a with a high ankle sprain, which you hear, I guess, on a routinely, a, you know, a daily basis. All these high ankle oh, you sprains. Know what? Yeah, and there's been a lot of illness too. I've noticed. Although I asked Virginia about it, she's like, "That's actually a normal amount of illness. It's just a little more heightened because of like non-COVID illness. It's you know, Dwayne Haskins suddenly had it. Uh, Lamar Jackson had it. Like all these guys have non-COVID illnesses and they're missing practice and stuff, but." Yeah. She's like, no, it's about it's about the same amount. Yeah, I know, no doubt about it. Um, you know, are you Jeff doing? Smith. Are you eating? Jeff Smith Gatorade? actually looks pretty good. You know, uh, Jeff Smith looks decent. But let's let's you know another guy that people have forgotten about that is probably coming back either this week or next is uh, Brashad Perriman. And when that's the case, uh, you know, Smith will definitely fall back to at least the third receiver. Um, Braxton Berrios gives uh, the Jets a nice little some production every week. And now with Le'Veon Bell back in the offense, where's Jeff Smith going to get his touches? You know, is he? He's probably going to be one of those two for twenty-five receivers every uh, every week. And um, speaking of the Jets, out Chris Herndon, a complete fantasy bust. We oh yeah, that was your guy. That was your guy. Was, was everybody's my guy. guy. Totally. Was... Listen, here's one thing you're going to get from this show with me. I actually enjoy saying the things that I busted on, and I'm not going to be the one that. Oh God, I hope nobody remembers I was all in on Herndon and be one of those analysts. I hate those. I hate when people are like that in this industry. So I will raise my hand. I was all in on Herndon. I was moving him up my draft boards. It was a complete bust. Uh, and I dropped him in a ton of leagues. So I can imagine. And speaking of tight ends that were bust that I like late, don't forget this guy. Irv Smith showed something in that Minnesota game now. All of a sudden, everybody dropped Irv Smith. Everybody expected Irv Smith to be a nice you know, breakout season as the Vikings' number two or three passing option. But he dropped a, a six for fifty-four this past week in Seattle. Um, don't be surprised if Irv Smith has a nice second half of the season and, and helps you out at the tight end position. Uh, he could be somebody that you go to the waiver wire right now if you're desperate at tight end, like a lot of us are. You pick him up, and he finally, uh, you know, shows after taking the month of September off. Maybe Irv Smith uh, gives you something. Can I throw one more in while we're on the topic of deep sleepers that I know you love since you brought up Jeff Smith? Can I bring in a, a couple guys? This is this is your show, man. Do Thank you. you want. We've established yeah. that already. Uh, I, in fact, I think I should be replaced by just an AI bot. That <laughs> just a, good point, Chris. Next. <laughs> that's not a bad <laughs> idea. Ha ha, Chris. That's you not are a great. Bad, that's not a bad idea, <laughs> Nando. We'll talk about that more after the show. Um, but listen, if you're also desperate at running back, here's a guy that I kind of like. And uh, I used him in a couple spots, and he helped me out. If you're in PPR leagues, J.D. McKissick, okay, in Washington. Yeah, how about J.D. McKissick, right? J.D. McKissick. Um, was that the robot, or was that you, Nando? That was me. Okay. <laughs> J.D. McKissick is a solid 10 points for you at the running back position. And I look around the le- uh, my fantasy leagues. There are people desperate. And I added him the last couple weeks. Um you know, you got to remember Adrian Peterson, uh, in, got, you know, going into draft season, there was like five running backs in Washington and nobody wanted to touch any of these guys. Okay. Peterson obviously is in Detroit. Bryce loves on IR. Peyton Barber, nobody remembers him. This backfield is just Gibson and JD McKissick. And Gibson isn't going to be out there 100% of the time. When this team falls behind and they do a lot because they're not a good team, 
McKissick comes in there, and with the quarterbacks that they have, whether it's uh, Kyle Allen or whether it's Alex Smith, they're both captain checkdowns. And guess who's there? J.D. McKissick. Every time. He caught uh, six balls, I think, this past week. Caught seven last week. I mean, he's a perfect third down back that people are forgetting about in fantasy right now. So PPR leagues, this guy could give you 10, 12 points and and get you through another week. For you guys that are on bye weeks, we all got the Dalvin Cook injuries, the Nick Chubb injuries, injuries all over the place, empty spots. Um, Listen, J.D. McKissick, I actually starting to really like. Uh, And speaking of which, like bye weeks coming up, Lions, Packers, Patriots, Saints, like it's, it, we're starting to get into the territory. Lions back this week, this past week. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Know. Patriots, Saints, yeah. Raiders, Seahawks. This is a dated one, but the point is, four, six teams are going to be going on by every week now. This isn't like the fun little. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what fantasy lineups are going to be? You're gonna you're gonna see so many seventies and eighties for for scores uh, coming up. Like I already yeah. see scores under a hundred on a weekly basis across my high stakes leagues. Nanda, just because teams are decimated. Obviously, not your, not yours, not your teams. You're, Listen, you're looking down. On I dropped teams. a, I dropped a 97 in a league that I went in this past week as the league leader in scoring. It was a 4-0 team. Dropped a 97, and just crapped the bed. Like it could come out of anywhere. That's what we're dealing with, and yeah. um, it's tough out there, man. That's why these deep, deep guys like a McKissick, maybe they get you through a week when you have these bye weeks. The running backs, it's tough. Oh, so, to... oh, so McKissick, but, but not Jeff Smith, right? Th- those deep, deep guys. Don't I know. mean, listen, Jeff Smith, if you want three points, but McKissick, if you want maybe three, three, three. You, you in know? two weeks, maybe. Yeah, all right. I see. <laughs> you know what? I, I would actually, I just, for me, JD McKissick is too mainstream, and I wanted to go with Jeff Smith. Oh, yeah. That's well, basically oh, how I McKissick, every, listen, McKissick's on everyone's radar. He's on all my teams, McKissick. Yeah, he's on all my teams. Yeah, JD McKissick, Austin Mack, everyone knows who they are. Yes, Austin Mack on the practice squad. Good job. You know, Austin Mack could fix the Giants. Uh, they just need some kind of like spark in there, man. They're just like it's like okay, like we get it. You're it's a boring team. Like just throw someone in the mix and like scare a couple guys, you know? Yeah, sure. 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 All right, we got to go. Do we? We should keep going. I mean, well, I mean, this is this is the quickest hour in football, they say. I mean, that did go really quick. Thanks for 50 Thanks for participating in my show. 52 minutes of Chris Vaccaro. I hope you all loved it. Get used to it. Uh, you definitely said something in the show that I'm going to have Beller cut and I want to keep forever and replay on a soundboard. I would and love to know. I would love to know what that is. I'll share that with you off air. I wrote it down right next to me. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to get it wood burned and you can hang it over the bar. Oh, I can't, How about I can that? Only imagine. I, I can't even think of it what it is right now. So all right. well, that's, why, that's what makes it hilarious. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, thank you all for joining us. Um, again, like uh, Emery Hunt, throw him a note on Twitter, F-Ball Game Plan. Say congratulations. We love you. You're a big-time TV guy now. But uh, still text with him. So I guess that makes me a big-timer too. Chris Vaccaro is going to be here every Tuesday for this show. Follow him at Chris Vaccaro GST. If you're in the New York area, pop in and get some uh, the best bonus wings. Seriously. I'm not saying that because I could just, you know, not say anything about it and say your bartenders are wonderful. Um, which they are, but the wings are so good, man. Um, anyway, thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this. We'll see you next week. Bye.